Welcome to Housing Developments. I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Hey, Jerry. Hey, Jim. How are you? Doing fine. Happy uh, happy belated uh, Easter holiday and, and Passover as well to our, our friends. So, uh, but good to be back yeah. uh, back in the office. Yeah, it is. It's a little troubling coming back and, and hearing the numbers with uh, uh, housing starts and uh, slowing down and permits basically falling off of a cliff. Yep. Uh, it, it's not as if we haven't been predicting this for a while. Um, unfortunately, those to whom we have spoken have chosen not to listen. Uh, and the result is now, I think, manifesting itself in, in these numbers we're seeing and in the possibility of a continued decline. Yeah, no, and, and, and I, I think what, what, unfortunately, what shocks me is everybody's happy to talk about the big headline of, of, uh, of you know, high, high level of permits, but failing to read the tea leaves, which is that single family permits, like you said, fell off a cliff. Uh, and uh, that, that gives us pause, as you have been saying in, in the press for now a, a month, uh, and, and Rob Dietz as well, that, uh, that there, are, there are flashing flashing yellow warning signs on the horizon for housing in the whole national economy. Yeah, I, I've been even more dire about it than Rob has. I, I've been saying instead of facing headwinds, we're looking into the teeth of a perfect storm here with uh, interest rates going up, costing the consumers more, uh, the cost of production, uh, whether it's because of a broken supply chain or terrible policy for uh, our lumber uh, production uh, is, is crushing us. Uh, and we need to do something or uh, or we're going to face real problems in the housing markets. And, and, and you know, the, the, the numbers in multifamily are really indicative of the fact that there's such a paucity of, uh, of, of units that we're building more because we can charge more. It's not like we're, we're building affordable housing or housing that the average uh, American can afford to rent or buy. Uh, this is going to cost people a lot more. And Policymakers in both parties, uh, on the Hill and in the administration, uh, need to sit up and take notice, or this is going to bite people right where they don't want to be bitten in November. No, I I, I couldn't agree with you, and and it's in, in we, whether it's Congress or the administration, uh, local governments, uh, state governments, we've got the supply, we've got to solve the supply problem. Uh, you know, there's too many too many people talking about how we help people afford expensive housing. That's the wrong end of the telescope. In my view, we have got to get rid of the headwinds on the production side to get more units in the ground so, so we can create, create uh, more supply so we can drive, drive prices down organically, not just accommodate them uh, through fancier, uh, fancier uh, financing mechanisms, but, but we've got to figure out this problem sooner rather than later. Um, like you said, interest rates uh, on the way up, uh, cooling the market, um, it's uh, the headwinds are scary. And to that end, we have uh, the opportunity for our listeners, our members to get involved here. Uh, if you go to the NHB website, uh, there is a letter that we are getting ready to send uh, to President Biden, uh, copied every cabinet member, uh, as well as the congressional leadership in both parties, uh, talking about how serious this problem is and that they've got to take their heads out of the sand and do something about it. Uh, we just uh, started this effort uh, last week during uh, the Easter Passover break, and already we've got over a thousand signatures on it. 
but a thousand signatures uh, is nice. I'd like to have 10,000, 20,000, 100,000 if we could get all of our members on board, 135,000. Uh, I'd like to make a real statement here uh, to the administration. And by the way, if we get a lot of signatures, it'll draw a great deal of press to the issue too. Yeah, that's right. And, and you know, is a, asking our members, we want you to sign it. We want your business partners to sign it. We want you to tell your subs to sign it. Uh, we want to show that this is industry wide. Remember, 140,000 members of NHB represent six to eight million employees. What, what, how great would it be if we had millions of people on this letter? So uh, no signature uh, should go un, unsigned, I would say. So like Jerry said, go to the website. Uh, put your name on the dotted line and, uh, and, and we'll register your name at the White House at this uh, massive industry effort. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing the reaction we get. I mean, people have to realize uh, housing is still the single largest uh, segment of the economy uh, and that they have been ignoring the warning signs for so long that if they don't do something about it, uh, they're going to have to answer for it in November. And November is coming up pretty quickly here. So <laughs> coming up very fast. Very uh, with speaking of that, Jim, what uh, what are you hearing about the elections? Anything changing? Uh, no, I still, you know, the 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 the, uh, the, the punditry class, uh, and you and I put us in that category as well. Maybe at four o'clock and on on, uh, on late afternoons. Uh, but but I still think that the uh, it's still trending that the the Republicans are in a good position to take over the House. Uh, they have a a better than average chance to, to take over the Senate, uh, and, but it, you know, as, as everybody on the on the on the podcast, our listeners know, uh, candidates matter. Uh, the messaging, uh, you know, is going to change between now and then. While it's fast fast approaching, people really don't start paying attention to uh, to elections until after Labor Day, uh, and there's a lot that's a lot going to happen geopolitically. Uh, you know, our what we're talking about domestically. If if uh, interest rates we know are rising, home prices be, continue to be uh, unaffordable uh, supply chain issues. Uh, you know, you and I shop for our families, is, is, uh, and we know, uh, you know, between gas and, and groceries, uh, it, it's just a tough time to be a, polit a, a politician in any party right now. Yeah, it sure is. And, uh, you know, the geopolitics, Russia increasing the uh, or restarting the uh, offensive in the Ukraine uh, this week, um, it, it's just, uh, obviously, we don't know how that's going to play out, uh, but but even without that, uh, with the inflation we have going on in our country, we've got enough problems without having to worry about Russia. But uh, unfortunately, that's that's going to be dominant as well as we move into the summer. I'm afraid. That's right. Yeah, uh, it's. Uh, but uh, you know, we'll we'll see. We're we're in the spring season, as, as you said, getting ready to come into. Kind of really the last legislative uh, uh, cycle of, of the year, uh, really right up into August, if, if even not the 4th of July, talking about uh, reviving uh, Build Back Better into some smaller package that can get Senator Joe Manchin's approval. The proof is in the pudding. I, I think there's, 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 the press is kind of, uh, you know, wringing their hands, hoping for some, some action here. I'm a little bit more skeptical. Uh, I think that we will, when members of Congress return next week, uh, after a two-week break, we'll see how much they were beat up. You've got, you know, uh, you got migrant issues on the border uh, that's driving a lot of the politics for the Democrats right now. Uh, and then, so we'll, we'll, we'll see if there's any uh, spate of legislating here or what usually happens, and Jerry, you and I are, 
long observers of the legislative process, especially in election year, a lot of messaging bills now coming up. What member of Congress needs a pet project to get uh, on the suspension calendar? Uh, what, what poison pill amendment can the Republicans uh, or Democrats put, put out there that uh, force tough votes that are be used in campaign ads in the fall? So um, it's uh, an interesting time. And all the while watching the White House to see if they're going to make any any big moves on, uh, on, on on how to solve the economic problems. Because as the White House fortune goes, so goes the fortune of the Democratic majorities in the, in the House and Senate. Yeah, you know, we, we've got two guests today, Jim, that I think are going to be really interesting, uh, look, giving us a chance to look at both sides of the purchasing transaction. Uh, two marketing specialists that uh, one represents buyers and one represents sellers. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. So, so let's get right to it. Our guest uh, is Kathleen Chirith, who manages uh, consumer inquiries for the National Buyers Agent Association, as well as the Massachusetts Association of Buyers Agents and the Colorado Exclusive Buyer Agents Association. She's been involved as a licensed real estate broker and owner of Sky4 Inc. since 1998. Kathleen, welcome. Happy to talk with you folks. Well, it's our pleasure. Um, Tell us what's been hot out there for the last couple of years and how your members have been affected by the market. Well, our members are buyers agents, so they are very affected by the fact there is low inventory, uh, often waiving of inspections, uh, contingencies, anything, multiple offers. That, that makes it tough on both sides, I think. Uh, but they're in there fighting for their buyers to get properties and and being pretty successful in most cases do you have to uh, representing a buyer do you have to sort of counsel your clients to be prepared either to be more aggressive than they'd like or be prepared for uh, disappointment in the market absolutely i think that's a very good point uh we also call every person that contacts us and talk to them we do some pre-counseling on that exact situation in almost every conversation. We encourage our brokers also to give them local market conditions and what to expect. Uh, setting expectations is very important. What, what, what's the, you mentioned some of the, the, the headwinds, um, whether it's cash buyers or, or inspection. What, what do you think is the, the, the biggest the biggest headwind. What, what are you hearing from uh, from your members about you know, the, the market, and what's the kind of the biggest the biggest issue that, that's facing them right now? I would say it's mainly just low inventory. You know, we have historic low inventory, and uh, and the buyers who are with mortgages and are getting beat out by the cash buyers, and uh, they are very concerned about simply being able to provide a, an affordable option for their buyers. And do you deal with, uh, you know, at NHB, obviously we're, uh, we represent the, the builder, home builder. We know that existing home stocks are at historic lows. Um, how, how often are you working with, with a, a new uh, a builder in a, a new home, a newly constructed home? And, and what are you, are you hearing anything about supply chain issues, Richard? delaying that, that process of delivering uh, a, a new home to, to your clients? Yes, we, we in fact, uh, are hearing more and more of our buyers are saying, I should be open to new construction. 
I realize that there is a supply chain issue. Many of them do see that that's a contingency out there. I actually was just dealing this morning with a million dollar buyer who's a millennial, who is with one of our buyer's agents looking at a home in Denver here. Um, and uh, the situation for her is preparation, preparation, because the builder basically is holding all the cards in this situation, as you're probably familiar with um, the scene there. Uh, builders at this point uh, are often in an auction style um, approach to even getting an opportunity to bid on a property. Uh, they are offering buyers um, a model home that is not, it doesn't have a lot of options on floor plans or contingent uh, types of furnishings and, and things like that. So basically I actually only an hour ago had a talk with both my buyer and my buyer's agents. And I said, you need to warn Kayla that this is the situation. If she wants this house, this is what she's gonna have to consider and the, the, the developers can do that because that's what the market is involving right now. Um, but the buyers really need to know what they're getting into, especially with new construction. Let me ask you another question, uh, Kathleen. It, it, interest rates are going up. They're going up very rapidly, as a matter of fact, uh, faster than they've gone up since the 1990s. Are, are your buyers starting to become aware of that? Or is it starting to... Uh, discourage them? Is it having any impact at all in your market? I think it's causing buyers to realize that they had better decide sooner rather than later. Unfortunately, as time goes on, uh, some of our buyers are just dropping out of the market because they are just not able to keep up with the uh, additional costs. Well, I think that combined with the news today that the Average American home prices reached three hundred and eighty-five thousand uh, dollars across the country. Uh, has got to have an impact, uh, particularly on the first-time home buyers. Is that is that not accurate? I think that's true. And if you don't mind, I would say there is one complaint I hear about new construction, which is that um, that the uh, developers are finding there's more profit margin in higher-priced homes. It's understandable. It's business fact. So therefore, the lower end buyers are having even more difficulty because the new construction is being aimed uh, towards the higher end homes rather than affordable housing. Um, well, unfortunately, I, I think that is a fact. And the reason it's a fact is because of the increased construction costs, uh, increased regulatory burdens. Uh, builders can't build a house in the price points uh, for first time home buyers. Uh, we're, we as an industry are painfully aware of that uh, shortcoming. Uh, and in fact, we're hoping that policymakers will do something so that we can help the first time home buyers because we believe, and I'm interested in your comment here, Kathleen, we believe first time home buyers are really the linchpin of the whole housing market. Well, typically they have been at least 40% of the market. And if they're unable to afford a home and especially uh, be able to put their sights on a newer home, uh, that is, yeah, that's a, that's a problem. And I think there's pain all around. Um, uh, we, we, I have a master's degree in social work, so I am really grateful for that because all day long I hear the pain from, from developers, from uh, 
as well as from our buyers and our buyers agents. And they're working very hard to try to reconcile this. But I don't know, do you guys see any, any relief coming? No, uh, in fact, Jim and I spent a great deal of our uh, work days trying to talk to policymakers and offer them any variety of solutions uh, to this problem. Unfortunately, uh, thus far, our, uh, our admonitions are falling on deaf ears. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, of course, we're all distracted by other events in our country now, but uh, it's definitely affecting our first-time home buyers as well as uh, move-up buyers and move-down buyers. It's every everyone is affected by the current situation. So I think the just the honesty, uh, cut to the chase sort of conversation between buyer agents, their buyers and their, uh, and their builders is just really important. Just, just let's say, let's look, this is the reality. We're trying to do the best we can, but this is what the reality we're all in together. Exactly. Communication has never been more important than, than it is right now. Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's good advice. And, uh, and sounds, you know, our, our, our audience is real estate professionals from across the country, but builders and uh, you know, to our, our builder members uh, and listeners out there, that, that advice about communication is something Jerry and I have been talking about on the podcast for the last couple of years where the supply chain issue has gotten, gotten more constricted. But, uh, but, but even now, uh, Kathleen, it's good to hear you echo, echo that need for communication between buyers and sellers and builders. Absolutely. Just, just talking, being open and honest is the most important thing. And uh, we're all realize there's no one to really point fingers at. It, it's really an economic situation. And if everyone can recognize that and deal with it in a practical, realistic manner, that's what works best all around. Absolutely. Hey, Kathleen, I have one final question for you. Uh, I understand that you've unveiled recently a uh, series of videos that are aimed to uh, help buyers. Uh, can you tell us about those? And I, there's one for every state or every market. Yes, we're we're actually haven't hit all of the states yet because we've been so busy helping uh, home buyers. But we've got maybe half a dozen or ten set up now, and we decided to respond to the need uh, that we have been hearing a lot lately, which is, I just need a good internet connection. I need something that's in my price range, but I can live anywhere. Uh, sometimes people say I'm looking in these two states, uh, these uh, 10 counties. So in order to make that easier for people to just glance through a state, we've got uh, square footage price average for major uh, areas in that state. Uh, the median price uh, is basically taken from realtor.com. And in that, in one minute, <laughs> a person can look at a state and see what a comparison prices are in each um, of the major cities and for the state as as a whole. Hmm. That's a great resource. Yeah, that's really that's that's a great resource for people. Well, Kathleen, you get the last word. Is there any message that you would like to get out to our listeners uh, before we say goodbye? <laughs> Just thank you for being out there trying to um, help everybody who wants to get into a home. I appreciate all of the efforts out there on the part of builders, on the part of buyer agents. I hope you will keep 
trying to give at least some commission to a buyer agent. I know some new builders say we don't even need to pay a buyer's agent. But this morning uh, when I was speaking with my uh, buyer agent, she says, you know, we're only going to get a fraction of what we normally get in terms of bringing our buyer to this builder. But it's important to serve our buyer. And if we get even less, it doesn't matter as long as we are able to serve them and get them all the options available. So I hope you'll continue to do that because in some areas, new builders are not even offering that. But yeah, that's my plea. <laughs> well, thanks very much for that. I hope our listeners are taking uh, it into account and will take, take it very seriously. Yeah. Kathleen, thanks for being with us. Sure, thank you. Thanks, Kathleen. Our next guest is Carol Morgan. Carol is a real stalwart active member of NAHB who uh, is involved in many, many of our committees and councils and particularly active in the professional women in building. Um, and Carol has authored four books, which means she's written more books than I've read, Jim. So let's bring Carol on right now. I think you know Carol, Jim. I do. I've, I've met her once or twice, I think, over the years. <laughs> Carol, welcome to uh, Housing Developments. How are you? I'm good. Excited to be here. Thanks for the invite. Carol, uh, for our listeners, is the founder and president of Denim Marketing. So, Carol, thanks for joining us. Thanks for taking the time. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks for the invite. I guess the first question is, let's uh, take a look at the market. What, what's been hot uh, for the past two years uh, in your area? How has it affected uh, your seller clients? Well, I tell you what, we work for a lot of builders and we work, you know, locally here in Atlanta, throughout the Southeast, and then we have some clients you know, nationwide as well. And, you know, the biggest thing is just fantastic sales. Holy smokes, we can't build them fast enough, right? But, you know, great sales, um, long VIP list, something that I don't know that we thought we'd see again since the Great Recession, right? We have communities that have two or 300 people on waiting lists, you know, to have the opportunity to buy a home within them. Um, lot shortages, that's been uh, interesting. You know, I guess that's nationwide as well. And then, you know, lots of delays and supply side issues. Um, you know, and then with COVID, I feel like for the last two years, or really two years ago, we wrote and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote because it's like, were we open? Were we masked? Were we virtual? So, you know, lots of communication. Yeah, Carol. So, talk a little bit. You bet. You mentioned supply supply side constraints. We'll, we'll put land aside. That seems to be a constant uh, in in any part of the country. Uh, but supply chain issues as well. You talked about communication. You talked about you know waiting for supplies. What what's been your experience on on how both the the, the builder, the buyer, uh, how how is how have they together and you uh, in the middle there managed uh, the supply chain issues? You know, it's definitely a huge issue. I guess one of the things we've done lately, since we've kind of morphed through this for the last couple of years, we now have builders that are doing email drip campaigns to their buyers who have you know, signed a contract but are waiting for that house to be delivered. So they've created this series of emails just to keep them informed of what's going on with their home. Um, you know, they can customize those, they can set them up as a drip campaigns, you know, but but the biggest thing is just communication and letting them know that their house is in process. You know, if there is something delayed, what is it? Because, you know, it affects their closing date. It affects how long they can stay in their house that maybe they're leasing back from one of the iBuyers or maybe they've not sold yet or maybe they're in their 
the reverse of it. Maybe they're in their children's basement, right? So I think the biggest thing is just communications because, you know, you, you know, as well as I do, you know, you, lumber, building materials, windows, apparently windows are, you know, 18 weeks out now. So if you're going to start a new house in Atlanta and, you know, depending on, I guess, which manufacturer you use, you're probably ordering your windows before you even break ground. Right. And I, and I, any, if you've seen any relief, uh, you know, we, I haven't heard of any, but at the national level, but, but in, in, in the Atlanta market, is there any relief uh, from the supply chain price? You just mentioned windows, but anything seems to be getting better? Doesn't seem to be. It's a little, and it just depends. It varies. It varies from month to month and, you know, from week to week. I will say that, you know, the bigger the builder, the more likely they are to have secured a more, you know, reliable fl- supply chain. Um but, you know, for the, the little guys, especially the custom guys, I think that's the hardest because everything's truly custom if you're really building a custom home. And, um, you know, you're probably not ordering hundreds of them. You're ordering, you know, 10 of them. So. Uh, Carol, today's news about the price of the average American home reaching $385,000 plus uh, has been major, majorly reported on every network uh, in, in electronic media with the, the economists all coming on and, and saying this can't last. Uh, com- combined with the supply uh, chain problems we're having, uh, rising interest rates, we're going to see a real slowdown in the housing sector. Uh, do you believe that? Are you seeing any of that? Uh, and what, what are your thoughts? We're not seeing a slowdown yet. And the reality is, the demand, okay, so we'll just talk Atlanta. So in Atlanta, we're over 90,000 homes short of where demand is. So even if we slow down demand by 10% because of rising interest rates, we still have more demand than we can build our way out of. So it's going to be interesting to see. The one thing I have heard, I've heard from a couple of mortgage companies, is they're not seeing as many millennial buyers. So the rising interest rates have started to price them out a little bit, which makes sense because they're probably buying closer to that entry-level price, which, hello, isn't an entry-level price anymore, right? We've now got builders. They're not talking about affordable homes anymore. They're talking about attainable homes because so much of what's out there is not affordable anymore. And, you know, drive till you buy, you know. Uh, in Atlanta, you're driving awfully far. If you really have to drive to work, you're going out to the exurbs now to find something in the twos. And those are hard to find even in the exurbs. Hmm. What, 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 what do you lose sleep over? Uh, demand is still high. And even if we lost 10%, I think Jerry and I share the opinion that there's a lot of factors that are really going to cool this market uh, in whether it's in six months, it's three months, it's a year, but, but what, what, do, what do you think, um, what, what, are the, what are the things that the factors that you're watching that, that may provide that tipping point that you haven't quite seen yet? You know, there's so many things out there that could provide it, right? Um, you know, we have this war going on in the Ukraine, you know, what's that going to develop to be? You know, what's going to happen between China and, you know, Hong Kong and Taiwan, if anything, let's hope nothing, right? Um, There's so much pressure on supply chain, you know, feel like if we could get supply chain right, it would fix everything else. But that's probably not realistic, right? I guess, you know, personally, I lose sleep over the stock market. (laughs) <laughs> so I would really like my stocks to double, right? But um, 
uh, you know, a little concern over what's going on in the markets in general, just because it was so, so hot last year and we all had great gains and we've all lost all those gains this year. So, you know, how do we you know, slow down the interest rates from rising and how do we fix the supply chain? I guess are the, the biggest things I see and I worry about. Yeah, and the, the fear is that they're, you know, that that's that those are going to endure. I think you with you know interest rates are going to go up. I think Chairman Powell has said that you know there's going to be, I think they said seven. We're already past one. There's another one coming soon. But all those issues seem like they're going to persist. Right. Yeah. I don't. I don't quite see how we fix this. I keep hoping that you have the perfect fix for it, Jim. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. No, he will. <laughs> it's just he's he's thinking about it. It will. We'll let you know as soon as we get it, Carol. <laughs> okay, please do. Yeah, that perfect storm. <laughs> Tell us about um, what advice or what message you'd want to give uh, as someone who represents and works with sellers. Uh, tell us what advice you'd want to give to the buyers that are out there that might be listening to this podcast. Well, I would tell them not to get frustrated. If you're interested in buying at home, it's still a good time to buy. Um, you know, figure out where you want to buy and get pre-qualified. Um, you know, there are now mortgage companies that are starting to offer some really innovative programs. Um, we work a lot with New American Funding and they're offering what they're calling buyer accepted now, which is basically a cash program. So what they'll do basically is say, okay, you know, Susie and Joe want to make an offer on this house. We'll qualify them and we'll buy the house from them. And then for an extra percent or percentage and a half, they can buy the house you know, back from us. So it allows those buyers to go out and compete against the big institutional buyers who are throwing cash at everything. Because that seems to be the one hardest problem in a lot of cases for buyers in the market is they're competing against cash buyers. And the cash, you know, the seller sees cash as king and they, it's an easy close in their mind. So the buyer can help to level the playing field by putting themselves in that same position as a cash buyer. So, you know, look for some creative financing and, you know, don't get discouraged. But, you know, like anything else in life, figure out what your must-haves are and figure out what your must-not-haves are and don't stray from that because otherwise you might just be buying something that you're going to be frustrated with six months down the road. Right. That's interesting. Good advice. Well, I have one last question for you. Um, we are getting ready uh, next year to have only the third uh, female leader uh, of NAHB uh, when Alicia Huey takes over as chairman. Uh, the Professional Women in Building uh, Council is one of the most uh, rapidly growing uh, components of NAHB. Tell us about, for our listeners who may be women and who may not be part of PWB, please tell us how it's helped you and uh, tell me whether or not you encourage women to join the local council. Holly, that is a great question. Well, first of all, I definitely encourage women to grow up, to join their local council, help grow their local council. If they don't have a local council, start a local council. Um, you know, PWB really helped me figure out my way through the Federation. I think the biggest thing PWB does is to teach leadership and teach mentorship. So when I got involved in PWB, it was always just kind of baby steps. You know, I remember we'll talk about Tammy Smoot for a minute. Tammy got me involved and she's like, oh, it'll be easy. You like to write, don't you? We have this publication. You could write a couple articles a year. 
So she kind of got me hooked on that. And the next thing I knew either it was either Tammy or Linda Hebert or Karen Dry or maybe even Alicia Huey. Hey, you know, why don't you chair the communications committee for us? So I chaired the communications committee for a couple of years and then just kind of worked my way up the ladder through there. But what I liked about it is it's like a, a pretty clear mentorship program as far as growing people through the ranks of PWB. And then, you know, once you're on that leadership ladder or holding a position in PWB, you know, if you aspire to do other things within the Federation, you know, they really coach you on, you know, who do you need to know and how does it really work? And, you know, what else can you do? And, you know, introducing you to people and helping you to see that path through the Federation. I don't think that I would have done, I probably wouldn't have done a fourth of what I've done for NHB if it wasn't for that group of women who really helped me to know what I could do and, you know, and see the potential. Um, you know, and I won't say it's because NHB is, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, it's because it's, you know, all men. I think it's because NHB is just a very large organization. So yes, there are a lot of men and that's what typically it has been. Um, but there's lots of opportunity for women and men alike once you see the path and see what you can do. Um, you know, I think women are one of the solutions to our workforce crisis, right? Um, there's lots of women out there who are, would be interested in the construction trades if they knew it was welcoming for them. And if they knew that they have a chance to make, I don't know the exact numbers, but, you know, 83 cents, 94 cents, whatever it is on the dollar. Um, it's one of the... Um, it's one of the few trades that you start to get a little bit closer of equal, equal work for equal pay. Um, just great opportunities there. And I would encourage everybody to get involved in PWB locally at your state level or at the national level. Wow. Thank you very much for that. You couldn't be saying a more true thing. And uh, we, we need more women in the industry. We need more women in our organization, especially women like yourself and Alicia uh, who really lead and lead uh, with the kind of passion that anyone, male or female, can follow. So, you know, Carol, before we go, uh, we talked about supply chain issues, uh, interest rates, uh, kind of the, the, uh, the fear uh, in the marketplace right now. One of the things that you asked if we had any silver bullets here, uh, maybe not the silver bullet, but one of the things we think is really important is is NHB leading the call for more action from our lawmakers, whether it's the administration or on Capitol Hill, to address these underpinnings of, uh, of a very tenuous point in the housing market and I think the national economy. We've put out a grassroots alert to our membership to, uh, to join us in getting every member of NHB to sign a letter to the President of the United States. And I've got to ask, I'm going to put you on the spot. Did you sign the letter? have absolutely signed the letter. And since I signed the letter, I've had two different um, groups within NHB send me the letter again. So I'll tell you, <laughs> PWB is leading the charge there. I think they've sent it out to all their members and are spreading that virally, asking more and more people to sign the letter. So yeah, it's thank good you. stuff. Absolutely. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And uh, we really want to send a strong message to the White House and in all of Washington that uh, they, they, they ignore housing at, at their own peril, both uh, from a political perspective, uh, but more importantly, from, a, from an economic perspective and the continued prosperity of, this, of the nation. So thank you for being such an advocate for us. Absolutely. Well, hopefully they will read the letter and understand the letter, and then they'll hear it again in June when we go to the Hill. Got it. Carol, thanks for being with us today. We really appreciate absolutely. it. Yeah, thanks, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to Alicia's leadership. Yeah, we'll, so we'll look forward to seeing you in June here in D.C. for the spring Absolutely. leadership. Absolutely. I'm all booked. I'll be there. Excellent. Thank you. Take care.
Well, as I predicted, that was a very interesting discussion from the two of them. Uh, turns out the buyers and sellers seem to have more in common maybe than we thought. Yeah, well, uh, as Kathleen talked about, interest rates uh, an effect on, on buyers. And, uh, and looking down the road, I, I think uh, we also, uh, they're seeing the same, uh, we'll call them headwinds. I think uh, you've certainly been more strident that there's, there's real danger on the horizon for the housing market. So great to get a different perspective uh, from Kathleen and, uh, and, and her clients. And let me once again encourage all of our listeners to uh, go to the NHB website uh, and sign on to the uh, lumber letter or the supply chain letter. It covers everything uh, that we're getting ready to send to the White House. It, uh, this is one of the most aggressive uh, and largest uh, uh, pushes that we've put in a grassroots operation in quite a while, and we'd really like to make a big impact. So please help us out on that one. Yeah, we, we, we need every voice. There's, there's nothing more important uh, for the, the, the future of the American economy than making sure the housing economy is uh, being, being addressed. And so we, we need every voice. So please, please go to the website and, and join us and uh, join your fellow builders and members. And we will let you all know next week uh, how many signatures we ultimately get on that letter. So um, at this time, I'd like to thank the listeners, encourage you to uh, rate the website, like it, like us, sign up, subscribe, uh, but most definitely tune in back next week for housing developments. Until then, I'm Jerry Howard. And I'm Jim Tobin. Bye. Bye-bye.